It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder have their 2023-24 schedule out now. What are the biggest takeaways and key dates for this upcoming season as the Thunder look to continue to push through with this new era? We'll talk about that all coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Thunder schedule being released. The Thunder have a new rival They're back on national television and an interesting end to their slate, how it could impact a potential playoff push. There's a lot to dive into. Schedule release date is one of my favorite days of the year. And I mean that sincerely because I think that, you know, obviously we don't have all the answers right now. Like this schedule, it's not even as easy as like it is in the NFL to, to predict wins and losses or college football to predict wins and losses. But you can get an idea of what a tough stretch will be, what a schedule loss looks like on back-to-backs, and just kind of what the landscape of the league is right now in your mind. And also, it just lets us know basketball is right around the corner. The FIBA exhibitions and an eventual World Cup is going to do so, so many wonders for making this arrival quicker to this next NBA season, which has so much anticipation so much excitement around Bricktown specifically but also uh, the entire league as a whole but uh, this schedule is very exciting let's break it down the Thunder will start their season in the Windy City which by the way I would argue Oklahoma specifically Oklahoma City would would be more of a Windy City than Chicago but I digress Uh, October 25th in Chicago is the season opener The home opener is October 29th, a Sunday against Denver at 2.30 p.m. I'm interested to see what that looks like. I'm excited for it. I I would go to the Paycom Center right now and just stay there until October 29th. But I'm interested to see what what that looks like. You're you're coming off of a football Saturday in Oklahoma, a big deal with two prestigious universities going at it and, and everyone else in the state. Plus, you know, it's an NFL Sunday, which is a which is a a, a situation that the NBA typically tries to avoid. Everyone tries to avoid an NBA an NFL Sunday because you're not going to typically win out on an NFL Sunday. Obviously, you have church, which was a, a big deal that was brought up, of course, whenever they played Easter for their, for their season finale. All that considered, 
with the expectations on this team, with how good and how fun this young core is, it's interesting to put this at 2.30 on a Sunday. Hopefully, the, the, the Paycom Center is still sold out and rocking as it should be because this is your first look at Chet Holmgren. This is your first look at Chet, not only just in general, but against one of, if not the best big men in the world, in Nikola Jokic. And let's stay right there for a second when talking about Chet. By October 25th, I'm sorry, by November 25th, Chet Holmgren will have played Jokic, Zion, and Embiid twice. So the Thunder home opener is against Denver at 2.30 on October 29th. Their first nationally televised game of this season is November 1st on TNT against New Orleans. The play-in rematch. It's Zion's first ever time playing in Oklahoma City, as long as he's healthy and playing. And then, as long as he's healthy and playing, Zion versus Chet Holmgren. A fantastic matchup. And, ironically enough, this was supposed to be Chet's first uh, national broadcast game last year. It was supposed to be November 1st on TNT against Paolo. Now it's November 1st on TNT against Zion uh, as his first nationally televised game as a member of the Thunder. Then you play the Sixers on November 18th and 25th. The 25th game is the one in OKC, which would be two games on against Embiid, which I think is going to be must-watch television. Whenever we're talking about the narrative around Chet Holmgren and what the what the national fan base of the NBA on NBA Twitter and Reddit and everywhere else thinks of Chet Holmgren, the one example that they use of a guy who will work over Chet Holmgren and, oh, he's going to put his shoulder into Chet Holmgren and, and have him crumbling down like a house of cards. <laughs> it's been Joel Embiid. Getting Embiid twice early on is going to be fun to see how Chet Holmgren handles that. And in the midst of all of this, let's not forget that by November 25th, Chet will play Jokic, Chet will play Zion, Chet will play Embiid twice, Chet will play Victor Wembanyama. That's going to be a heck of a stretch. That's going to be a stretch where he's also playing Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. So that'll be another uh, competition and test for him. He'll, he'll also play uh, DeAndre Ayton, which will be another test for him as well. So the schedule is, is front-loaded of interesting matchups for Chet Holmgren specifically. And as we roll on here, we'll continue talking about takeaways and we'll get into some more key dates right now. So there are no back-to-backs in November. I, I say that because yesterday we were wondering what this would look like because of the new in-season tournament uh, playing games on Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, you, you'd imagine, of course, the NBA wants this first go-around of the in-season tournament to be a success. They want it to be a big deal. So you do not want it to come on back-to-backs. They worked their magic on the schedule where you have at least a day off, if not multiple days off between each game in November. One back-to-back in October, that home opener against Denver will roll into a Monday night game against Detroit, which oddly enough, in the month of October, you play Detroit three times. You play Detroit in Montreal. You play Detroit in Tulsa, both in the preseason. Then you play Detroit in OKC. Uh, which will be an interesting matchup for the Thunder to kind of see uh, Detroit three times so early on. The New Year's Eve game continues on strong with the tradition. Uh, they'll play Brooklyn this time on New Year's Eve. And then the last key date before we get to some takeaways, 
Rivalry Week. The Thunder are on national television. ESPN, January 24th, Victor versus Chet on Rivalry Week in the NBA. That in and of itself should sell you enough on the NBA wanting this to be an actual rivalry. And it actually has the setup to be the next great NBA rivalry. You have history between these two franchises. You have playoff battles and mutual respect and two proud organizations. So that helps you a lot in all of this, getting a rivalry off the ground. You have two guys, Victor and Chet, who will seemingly embrace the idea that they're rivals. Listen, somebody's going to get the better of this matchup on November 14th. Somebody is going to have the edge and be crowned on NBA social platforms. And the other person on the wrong end of that is not going to take it lying down, no matter who it is, Chet or Victor. So these two guys seem to want to embrace this rivalry. The league wants to embrace this rivalry. You have some embedded history between these two organizations. It's not as though it's only these two players. And the league's partners want this rivalry. Have you noticed that, that first game, Victor Victor versus Chet, is on TNT? The rivalry game is on ESPN. ESPN could have manufactured any sort of rivalry week game that they wanted to for, for their rivalry presentation, especially in that early time slot because you have the pick of the litter and they want to get in on that Chet Victor money. And so obviously the Spurs have a lot of national television games just in general because of Victor, but it's interesting that the league and its partners are putting two on national television between Victor and Chet. So I'm excited for it. Uh, it, it is going to be something that the NBA tries to lean in on. Where does Victor take his first step on an NBA floor? His first ever action on an NBA basketball court happens October 9th in the preseason in Oklahoma City. That will be the same time that Chet Holmgren makes his first ever step on an NBA basketball floor. They are leaning in very, very, very hard to the idea of this being the next great NBA rivalry of these two teams having incredible runs of these two players having great success individually. And the notion that fans will often compare them and see who's better and try to differentiate them. All that goes into it. And it's, and it's just great to see that the thunder have such exciting pieces and such exciting pawns in this NBA game because it shows how relevant that the franchise is back at that level again. We'll talk about some takeaways from the schedule coming up, but first I want to say right now, we're good friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel's great. FanDuel's awesome. And it's America's number one sports book. And folks, I have never loved a deal more than I love this one because football season is about to kick off. We know that we've been waiting for football season in Oklahoma for a long time. However, if you want to bet on who will win the Super Bowl, you think you know who's going to hoist that Lombardi trophy at the end, what reflection it will have, what color the confetti will be, what color the Gatorade will be. If you think you know who will race their way into immortality, bet on it right now at Fandle.com. I'll tell you why. 
Because if you think that that team is going to go the distance, finish the marathon, and find their way etched in history forever, then they're also going to win a lot of games in the regular season. And for each game in the regular season that your Super Bowl pick wins, you will get bonus bets in the regular season. So if you're correct about your Super Bowl winner, let's say you actually pick the Super Bowl winner, winner correctly. You get winnings both right now, because they're going to be winning in the regular season, and then you get your payout at the end when they actually win the Super Bowl. It's incredible. And you can use those bonus bets at FanDuel.com, and you can use them on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And you can get this by going to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Check it out today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and LockedOn NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning. Every single day, we're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Folks, key takeaways from the schedule. Above average strength of schedule, but there's always going to be a surprise team in each direction. There's going to be a surprise team that we think is going to be bad, that'll be good. There's going to be a surprise team we think is going to be good, it's going to be bad, or at least mediocre. So the strength of schedule stuff is hard is hard to hammer down right now. I will admit that. The, the deeper issues on this schedule is what I like to dive into right now. So the Thunder will play 10 games at a rest advantage where they have more rest than their opponent does. They'll play 12 games at a rest disadvantage. They have 14 back-to-backs, eight games on national television whenever you don't include NBA TV because NBA TV is a fraudulent national broadcast. I'm sorry, folks. It's a simulcast. It's not a national broadcast. And it's also not a national broadcast because it's not national. You don't just get NBA TV. In fact, in most cases, it's harder to get NBA TV than not. So it's not a national broadcast. But they do have five games on NBA TV in case you wanted to include them to stat pad. They do travel the 14th fewest miles in the NBA. The biggest takeaway to me is the stretches and the stands, particularly this homestand in October. Six games, October 29th through November 8th. They play the Nuggets, home opener, the Pistons the day after, the Pelicans, the Warriors, the Hawks, and the Cavs. That can really set you up pretty. If you can get that Nuggets game, maybe the Nuggets are sleepwalking. They just won an NBA championship. You know, they, they come into Oklahoma City in an afternoon game. It's the home opener, so the Thunder automatically have a bit more momentum because it's their home opener. And the Nuggets are just kind of ho-humming around, don't really want to be here at a, at a 2.30 game on Sunday on non-national television. It's a normal game, right? Maybe you get that game against the Nuggets. 
should beat the Pistons. But you know what happens whenever you assume? I mean, boom. Pelicans. We don't know anything about the Pelicans. Like, the Pelicans could be great. The Pelicans could be awesome. Pelicans could also not have Zion. They also could, you know, be resting guys. that We just don't know. The Warriors, again, we just don't know. The Thunder are capable of being the Warriors. I, I think that that is fair to say that they're capable of doing that. But especially they're capable of it if the Warriors are too cool for school during the play-in tournament, you know, during the in-season tournament, if the Warriors are too cool for school uh, in that setting, and also just like this early on in the season, have they figured out how to play with Chris Paul yet and how to work their rotations yet with Chris Paul? What have they done there? The Thunder, you know, I, I think the Thunder are better than the Hawks. I'll just say it. They're better than the Hawks. And then the Cavs, an interesting matchup, right? Like it's interesting to see how they're going to face off with Mobley and, and, and Allen, but, not, but it's not an insurmountable matchup. Speaking of the Cavs, the Thunder are done playing the Cavs on November 9th. The Thunder are done playing the Bulls on November 22nd. And I say that because this is an area where the schedule and the, and the strength of schedule is hard to predict in season, out of season, before the season, whenever. It's, it's hard to predict. Because any of the three teams, Cavs, Bulls, Thunder, could have a red heart, red hot, incredible start, play their best basketball ever out of the gates, and and get two wins. When on when in reality, as a, as the season levels on, uh, the, the disparity was not a season sweep. On the flip side, you could have some of your worst basketball being played in the month of November, and then you play tremendous basketball from December to April, and you just weren't the team that you were in November, but it did cost you two games. So I, I think that it's interesting to see that they're done with those teams, done with Philadelphia early on as well. Uh, and some other ones too. We'll go, we'll get into that in a second. The biggest takeaway to me, and, and this is just someone had to lose in this scenario, right? When you see this Western conference and how tough it is, I bet you every single team in the West was advocating and pleading and begging the league to put Memphis front loaded on their schedule, but, but you can't have everyone have Memphis front loaded on their schedule. Here's the deal. The Memphis game, the first game versus Memphis is on December 18th. What's interesting to follow along with, and this is going to have to take some weird circumstances. So John Morant is suspended 25 games. That December 18th game, as of this moment, is the Grizzlies 22nd game of the season. However, the first thing you have to remember is the NBA only released 80 games because they're going to be tacking on an additional two games prior to December 18th to complete the NBA play-in tournament. Okay, what's the big deal, Ryland? They're going to just play 24 games then, and then still, it will be their 24th game and Jaw can't play. Here's the interesting part, which may never come true, but gosh dang it, it's August, and we're going to talk about it. If Memphis goes to the inaugural first-ever Redundant there, I know, but stay with me. NBA Cup. And they're vying for that beautiful cup in Las Vegas, Nevada. And they're trying to do something nobody thought could be done. Everyone's casted them off. They're not going to make it out of pool play. They don't have John Morant. Uh, They've lost Dylan Brooks, for better or worse. Some would argue better. Uh, they they don't have Tyus Jones. How is Marcus Smart going to figure into everything that they're doing? 
if they figure it out and they get to that cup game, that's now three games that we've tacked on to the amount of games that Memphis would have played at that point, which I believe would set Sean Morant's return against Oklahoma City. But that's a lot of stuff to go in different directions to make it happen. So the bottom line is, besides the theatrics of that, John Morant will play two games against the Thunder. He'll miss one. Whereas if you got you know, an early, say, baseball series with Memphis, the way that you have a baseball series with Golden State early on, you played, what, three games against Golden State in November? If that was the case with Memphis, he'd be sitting pretty because you just couldn't play any of them. Yeah, three games against Golden State in November. The third in OKC, and then a baseball series uh, at the end of the month in Golden State at, on the 16th and 18th. If you flip those names to from Golden State to Memphis, you'd be sitting beautifully. But instead, you'll play Jaw twice in March, too. Those two games come in March, which, you know, I, I still think Memphis is a really good team. I don't think that they're going to have their playoff seating locked up. I don't think hardly many teams in the West are going to have their playoff seating locked up in March. So I'll be playing, and those games matter. Those games matter a lot. So it, that was a big takeaway for me. Now, speaking of the schedule, games mattering, coming down the bin, let's talk about how the Thunder end this season coming up. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Folks, we've got the Thunder schedule in hand. The season is right around the corner. We're back five days a week. Subscribe on YouTube, on all other podcasting platforms. You could even text the show, 405-963-3686, if you want to, on subtext, and get some behind-the-scenes footage, content, information, a direct line to the show to air your grievances. It's Festivus every single day on the text line, so go text in as you wish. We have to discuss this end-of-season run. So the Thunder end the season with two different stands. The first segment is March 31st through April April 7th. That is a five-game roadie down the stretch. It sounds daunting, and it is. It's hard to play five straight games on the road, obviously. I'm not trying to belittle this stretch. I will say the plus is it's going east. Easier to manage the time difference when you're going east, in my opinion. But what do I know? I'm no world traveler. But also when you go east, the the, the difference in traveling from New York to Philly is a lot different than traveling L.A. to Portland, right? New York to Philly, and then back to Boston, and then to Indiana, and then to Charlotte, feels a lot more manageable than zigzagging all across the West Coast. So that's a plus. Time difference and the travel miles is a plus. But you play New York, Philly, Boston, Indiana, Charlotte. 
the same feeling I have about the West, I have a different feeling on the East. I think that this time, like March 31st to the beginning of April, I think by this time, like Boston will be cemented as a one or two. Philly, you know, without Harden and Embiid, who knows what they're going to do, right? The thing is, Indiana will be vying for a playoff spot, a play-in spot in the East. So they'll be trying to jockey for position. That'll be a huge game. That Indiana game will be massive. The Charlotte game, Charlotte should be terrible. Um, you know, and when I say terrible, I just mean record-wise. They should show signs of improvement on the court, but record-wise, they should be out of it. And they should be terrible in the sense of like shutting it down by April 7th. So Charlotte should be a win. Indiana will be a very tough game. Boston could be coasting. Philadelphia, who just knows what that franchise is going to be doing uh, this late in the season. And then New York, where the Thunder have played well. Like, Shea's played well in Madison Square Garden. Josh Giddy has been excellent in Madison Square Garden. So uh, New York is, is not some unmovable object in this road trip. But you get off of that five-game road trip, and you come back home to end the season with four straight home games from April 9th to the 14th. And then in that span, you play Sacramento. Tough game. San Antonio. Again, we're looking at April, what is that, 11th? for that game against San Antonio, the Spurs should be playing absolutely nobody. This should not be the Victor Chet show. This should be like, I don't know. I don't even know what names Pop will pull out of a hat to play in this game. Olivier Saar might, might get an, a pickup at this point for the Spurs and play in that game. Then Milwaukee, same thing as Boston. I would be pretty stunned if Milwaukee is not coasting the second-to-last game of the year in OKC, stunned. Then, just like the road trip, you got one game where it's going to be an all-out brawl. Dallas, to end the season, look, I think Dallas is going to be much better than they showed last year. I think the Thunder will, too. But I think that the West will be decided by one game. like I, One, one-and-a-half game, two games max, will decide seeds like three through 10, three through 11, three through 12. And so I think that that game against Dallas on the 14th in the season will matter a whole lot and will define a whole lot about this season. So I am interested in those two things right there. I'm scared for the road trip in January. Play the Clippers, you play the uh, Lakers, Jazz, and then Minnesota. So you're so you're playing in L.A., which is great because Shea typically plays great in L.A. and, and the guys typically have a lot of juice playing in L.A., and you never know about the Clippers. Like, what if you get the Clippers and there's no Paul George slash Kawhi or both? Then this is obsolete. But then you go to Utah. And so you're going to play in L.A. The game typically has more emotion in L.A. Coming off of that emotional game, you're going to play Utah, who, you know, great season last year, great great story last year. I don't think that by this time that, that in January that they're going to still be hanging around in the sense of, like, an actual threat. They'll play productive basketball. They won't be embarrassing, but they're not going to be that like, good. And so at this point, you're playing in the altitude. You're playing, trying to just get home. But then you still got to go to Memphis. So you're looking at that and like, oh, we still got another long flight from Utah to Memphis before we can come home to OKC. And you're kind of down on yourself at that point. And that's a trap game if I've ever seen one. Then you play Minnesota, who, I think I said Memphis before, Minnesota, who has an interesting look for you that to this, you know, to, to our last point, seeing them. We watched the Thunder get dominated in the play-in tournament, which, again, it's not going to be the same case this year or the same team this year, but 
that, that's a matchup that's going to be difficult no matter who's on the court when you're specifically using this contract of a Thunder roster versus that one. So like that's a tough stretch or tough roadie in January. Only two baseball series this year. One on the road against Golden State and then a home road split with Houston. I kind of like the baseball series. I'll, I'll, if, if this is the beginning of the phase out of the baseball series, I'll miss it. I'll miss it a lot. Kind of makes me sad a little bit. Honestly, makes me sad quite a bit. I'm actually pretty devastated by this. Uh, Kaysen Wallace will go home to Dallas December 2nd. Chet Holmgren will go home to Minnesota November 28th. SGA and Lou Dort will play in Canada March 22nd and also in Quebec, uh, Montreal in the preseason uh, for Lou Dort's homecoming. All-Star Weekend, which should be huge for OKC. All-Star Weekend is going to be February 16th through the 18th. You should have Shea as an All-Star. Uh, J-Dub and Chet will be rising stars. Uh, Kaysen and technically Micic are eligible for rising stars. Us and J-Will and Keontae are also technically eligible for rising stars. And Isaiah Joe should be there for the three-point. I asked Isaiah Joe last year if he wanted to play in the uh, three-point competition. It was a resounding yes. He actually got some love from national folks that were questioning why he was not there, especially uh, as they subbed in uh, Julius Randle for that event due to injury, uh, really right under the wire for that event. But, you know, Joe could be in the three-point contest again. Nonetheless, though, you're going to at least have three guys again, like where you're going to have SGA, Chet, and J-Dub to go root on and watch at All-Star Weekend. So that's going to be huge. Uh, February 16th through 18th in Indianapolis. Pretty pretty easy travel, right, from OKC? Indianapolis, hop in a car. Who's going to road trip with me? Let's let's figure it out. We're going to take a locked-on road trip to uh, Indy. See the Speedway? What else did they got over there? Speedway. Anything else interesting about Indianapolis? Oh, well. Games will be broadcasted on Bali Sports again. Which isn't necessarily as big of a deal as it used to be because Bali does have their own streaming service for 20 bucks a month. High number to pay. I get it. But there's at least a option, a terrible one, a terrible option in the sense of you can't just get it on most carriers, but an option nonetheless. But again, so far, Bali's is, is back. Uh, WWLS, the sports animal, will also carry these games as well. Month by month, OKC will play four games in October, two on the home and two on the road side. November, uh, they'll have 14 games, eight at home, six on road. December, they'll have 11 games, seven at home, four on road. January, they'll have 17 games. This is the big one that shifts to the road. They have 11 on the road and six at home. February, 11 games, six at home, five on road. March, 15 games, seven at home, eight on road. And then April, eight games split evenly, four and four, home and road. Wanted to quickly, at the end of the show here, do the in-season tournament again because I got multiple comments and questions and DMs and just all forms of, of communication about this in-season tournament. Real quickly, so based on last year's schedule, the NBA has broken teams into three pods, so six total pods split by conference. You play in that pod in the month of November. So in the month of November, if you see the Thunder playing on a Tuesday or a Friday, that game counts as an in-season tournament game. It also counts as the regular season, but it also counts as an in-season tournament game. So from there, after you play your pod, the best team in each pod, they're going to go and advance to the single elimination bracket format. Also, two wildcard teams from each conference will advance to that tournament 
bracket knockout single elimination style ordeal as well. From there, the champion, after you get to the, the, the bracket, the champion will play 83 games. Everyone else, you know, the championship matchup, so, so the runner-up and champion will play 83 games. Everyone else will play just the standard 82. The reason the NBA only released 80 games today was because we don't know who's going to make the tournament and who's not going to make the tournament. So whoever doesn't make the tournament, they'll be playing on the off days of the tournament against the fellow losers. And whoever does make the tournament, they'll, of course, be in the tournament. Uh, and they'll run like a consolation, I guess, for that extra game if you get knocked out on single limb in the first round. So that, that's how it's going to break down. Uh, they'll have they have a great video out there with Richard Jefferson. They'll have more videos and more stuff explaining it. But that's just a quick rundown for everyone asking about the in-season tournament. So again, the games that count as both in-season tournament games and standing games. November 3rd in Paycom Center against Golden State. November 10th at Sacramento. November 14th in Paycom Center against the Spurs on TNT. November 28th at Minnesota. Those are the games that count as both. And then they'll be tacking on a couple of games uh, in the middle of December, early December, for um, the additional two that they need if they don't make the actual bracket. If they make the bracket, then they'll see how far that they get um, from there. And for the bracket, the Final Four and title game will be in Vegas. Preseason games, just to quickly tie up all of our loose ends on the schedule. This all starts October 9th, which means media day is not that far away. Uh, and training camp, of course, is not that far away. October 9th against the Spurs, Victor and Chet's first game action on NBA court will be fun. October 12th against the Pistons in Montreal. October 15th against the Hornets in Charlotte. October 17th against the Bucks in OKC. October 19th against the Pistons in BOK. And that's your schedule. That's your schedule, folks. So here's what you got coming up. Monday, you control the show again. It's your mailbag show. Send me questions right now as your homework assignment for the schedule, predictions, FIBA, off-season, anything you want, any questions you have, send them in Monday. Tuesday, we'll have Clemente Almanza joining us to draft the home schedule. So an additional homework assignment, should you choose to accept, Build me a big board that will help me win this draft because I do not want to do the payoff bet for losing. So help me build the best home schedule in a snake draft against Clemente with this current schedule uh, for Tuesday. For Wednesday, we'll have a different special guest. For Thursday, I want to do a new off-season pod idea where I give you the biggest daydream scenario and the biggest nightmare scenario for this upcoming season. And then on Friday, I'm going to bring back Grade Your Takes. So any takes you have about the Thunder, about the NBA at large, about this upcoming season, about the league five years from now, any takes you have at all that even resemble basketball takes, or I'll even take pop culture food and music takes as well if you want, I will grade them on Friday. So again, it's another show for you to get involved. Loaded week coming up on Locked on Thunder. We're back uh, baby loading it up for another season. Cannot wait. This should be the most fun season yet in the history of the show since I've been hosting it. So I'm excited. I hope you're excited. It's going to be a new era of Thunder basketball. Let's get on board with it. Subscribe on YouTube and other podcasting platforms as well. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.